0: What is going on, everyone? Uh, Welcome in to a Thanksgiving edition of the Hold That Podcast podcast. I am your host, T-Bob Abair. I am joined uh, by my co-host, Mr. Brody Miller of The Athletic. Brody, what's going on? Not too much, man. Just trying to get through the week, trying to get to Thanksgiving. Yep, very excited. Uh, It's right around the corner. We are recording this on a Tuesday, so just... Two days away from uh, the day of thanks, uh, I cannot wait. Gonna you know just eat a lot of great food and watch football and the thing that good red blooded Americans do on Thanksgiving. Um, speaking of, you should buy all of nice. your Thanksgiving meats at A Bear Specialty Meats. We're gonna make a turducken. This year for A-Bears really? Special are you Meats. prepared for that? Did you know the original A-Bears in Maurice, Louisiana is the official inventor of the turducken? No, I did not know that. Yeah, so how about that? You learn something new every day. Every day. Uh, I would specifically like you to buy from the A-Bears, though, on Bocage, on Jefferson Highway, and then in Prairieville. So those are the two locations that you should buy your meat from. And if you want a great gift for somebody or for yourself, go ahead and sign up for The Athletic. Now, let's get into it. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we probably will not talk about the Arkansas game that much. It feels like just a run-of-the-mill kind of boring dream that I've already forgotten. Um, LSU did stamp their ticket to Atlanta, however. They got the AM game coming up, which is obviously massive for multiple reasons. Brody's working on an oral history uh, that you can really look forward to. We got the all-decade team at LSU that came out today that we can break down and discuss a bit. Uh so, I suppose we 'll start where do you want to start with the Arkansas game yeah, uh just kind of get the get it out the way, get out the
1: way early um Defense. I mean, like it's a terrible team, defense looks solid.
0: Yeah, maybe, defense you know, did its job. It did its job, and that's what we said with the defense going in. Uh, it's it's really it was no win for them because if they had not looked good, the people would have lost their mind. But if they look good, I mean, I'm not impressed. Like I mean, no, they, no, they, they, they look like bit. They, yeah. I mean, yeah, great looked, pass defense against KJ Jefferson. Yeah. I mean, KJ Jefferson looked terribly overmatched. Yeah, uh, a true freshman. Aranda knew that you know if we just send guys at him. And trust on Christian Fulton and Derek Stingley to play coverage. Um, Jacoby Stevens will get three sacks. And what do you know? Jacoby Stevens got three sacks. Yeah, he's, is he's, that his second SEC Defensive Player of the Year this year?
1: Third, third. Yeah. Wow. No, he's having a good year. It's been he's been sneaky having a really good year, which is funny because he's the fourth best known defensive back on that on this team. I knew he was having
0: a good year. I thought he was second for some reason. I should have mentioned third when I interviewed him the other day. It's yeah, okay, that's buddy. why I'm not no, a journalist.
1: No one's going to hold you to do that. But yeah, no, I mean, Jacoby Stevens is very quietly like having. Think about it. Think about. The way I view it is, I mean, we're all noticing how many mistakes Grant Delpit's made, right? Now, obviously, I think his injury is a huge part of that. But still, like, we're all noticing that. It's a huge talking point. He's so being held You're, to a very high bar. Yes. Years. We're not really seeing many Jacoby Stevens mess-ups right now. We're not really seeing many plays where it's like Jacoby gets beat. I think you see him beaten past coverage from time to time. That's what you'd expect from a guy of his position and size. But overall, I mean, he's having a, a really solid year, which kind of gets to the, the conversation of, you know, the Delpit making the— the finalist for the Jim Thorpe Award thing because that kind of caused a lot of outrage and, you know, kind of tells you a little bit about how these awards work because I think Delpin himself would probably tell you he hasn't really been...
0: Yeah, a lot of times these awards can be more of a uh, a name-brand yeah. sort of deal. Cause it's I like, argue- especially with offensive linemen, you see it all the time where yes,
1: guys aren't absolutely.
0: always on their performance. It's like, okay, this team's won a lot. Who do we view as kind of their best O-linemen? And a lot of times they don't even get that right. They maybe just choose, like... Somebody who's won, like, an SEC lineman of the week or something like that. Absolutely. And, like, and that's now, and you are now an All-American. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's true. And it's just tricky because, I mean, if you ask me right now, I mean, I don't think it's an insult necessarily to anyone to say Grant Delpit's been the fourth best defensive back on this team this season. No. Just this
0: season alone. I think Grant Delpit's a superstar All-American talent, but... Yeah. Well Jacoby's having the year that Grant had last year. He's got extent, a yeah. smattering of picks. He's got five sacks. Now leads the team with five sacks. Um so it's it's been, you know, it's been it's been cool to watch. But but the point of all of that is Tuesday. I did not know that Delpit's a finalist for the Thorpe. That is a little. Surprising. Oh, you missed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I
1: got a lot of outrage on uh, Twitter. Even my LSU yeah. fans like what?
0: Yeah, I could, I could kind of see that. But uh, but
1: Chase made the finalist for the Blitnikoff, which well, yeah, I think. But I think, for, he but leads I think for that race. percent. Well, I don't think he leads. I think C.D. Lamb leads. But um,
0: statistically, though, C.D. Lamb's yeah, but he can't beat off statistics. his numbers aren't as good. C.D. Lamb's a stud. Well, I, that, like, that's, that's fine, but I mean, I'm just saying like well, Pitman we... leads statistically, and then C.D. Lamb is like. Let me look at let me look at the numbers. I thought I thought that Jamar Chase led all categories with one less game than those other two guys. Uh Pittman has like nine like a ridiculous amount of catches. Yeah, right yeah. No, 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 that's true. He doesn't lead in catches, but he has more yards than anybody else and more touchdowns despite playing one less game.
1: I'm not sure. But I think Ceedee Lamb is probably the front runner, especially in terms of people's just minds. But no, Jamar, I'm not arguing against Jamar Chase. But no, okay, what's crazy is four weeks ago, I think that would have seemed crazy that he would be in the Blitnikoff. This
0: is an interesting. Um, this is an interesting question. Then, what do you think? Uh, like. How should you judge yeah. the 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 Blitnikov? Is it purely statistical? No,
1: absolutely not. Because if you did that, it'd be you know Antonio Gandy Golden from Liberty, who's really good, or or even an Omar Bayless from Arkansas State, who also was a semifinalist and is really really good. I'm not discrediting any of these people. It's a really tough year. I mean, it's such a tough year that ni- none of the Alabama receivers made it, and that's. I don't, I'm not saying any of the picks were wrong. It's just like a crazy injustice that this year won't even remember how good this Alabama receiving core was. Because, I mean, this will go down as one of the best ever. But uh, okay, so I, you I think you need the judge, though. It's a combination of – I think eye test really matters on this one. I think the scale of games, DBs you're going against, like Jamar Chase was going to help his cases against great defense after great defense – He's actually had his best games on those games. There's been like Auburn, and for example, double teamed him, and he still dominated that game. So I think that's what's going to help Jamar Chase's case.
0: Well, here and, and here's where it gets interesting because Jamar Chase has um, more catches than Lamb. Yeah. By a pretty significant amount, sixty three to forty six. He has nearly four hundred more yards, and he has another touchdown, and he's done that in one game less. Yeah. And he's done it against the best.
1: Yeah, it's tricky. I would love to kind of look back at some of these games and see, you know. I mean, I mean Lamb's
0: it, done it in big moments as well. No, yeah, you're convincing for, me. For, I, for Oklahoma. I'm his stats that are – That's a pretty big statistic. Now that I'm disparity. looking at his game
1: log, I am seeing, like, there are games where – and a lot of these games I'm sure he comes out early but and whatnot, but it is – they're much lesser than I thought. So you are coming around and convincing me here. But it's tough because C.D. Lamb at his best has looked to me like the best receiver in college football, mm. but still. I think I think you're kind of convincing me. Chase might deserve it.
0: We'll see. We'll see. Um, Jamar Chase has just been a monster in ten games. He's averaging twenty yards a game. And
1: as I was saying, I think the crazy thing is five weeks ago we put Justin Jefferson above him. You know, like, yeah. And that's not a dis on. But Jeff- I
0: mean, to your point, you know, you always did say although Jefferson was statistically the best, and, and he was so reliable, he's, he's he's still is, and he still yeah. is right behind Chase in all these categories. Um, even at the time, you did say that Jamar Chase was the most dominant wide receiver, uh, even maybe outside of just raw numbers. And now the raw numbers exactly. reflect way to put it. Yeah. that uh, that dominance. So I would not be surprised at all if LSU has their first uh, Blitnikoff winner since Josh Reed back in the day. First, I assume, first ever Davey O'Brien, right? Uh, is that for quarterback? pretty sure that's the
1: first step. Right? I believe
0: so. Uh, one Podcat of the guys. tweet about this. Yeah. One of the guys. Yeah, Podcast, Exactly. I was going to say, one of the Valley guys. We're so prepared today. We're killing it, man. Tweeted about, um, tweeted about the awards that they have. Okay, they need an O'Brien,
1: a Doak Walker, which is actually kind of crazy to think LSU's never won a Doak Walker. That's running back. Yep. Uh, Munger, head coach. Mackey, tight end. wouldn't make sense. Groza, place kicker. Maxwell, best player, which also might go to Burrow this year. Ray Guy. They've never won a Le- uh How's the
0: Maxwell work, though? If you win the Heisman, do you automatically basically not win the Maxwell? Or not do you guys double no up? There's no
1: real—there's okay. different voting bodies, so it, it's just different. Um, it is kind of surprising they've never won—oh, and also a Moore Award, which is the overall offensive line as a team. I, it is pretty surprising that they didn't win a Groza last year with Tracy and that Brad Wing never won a Ray Guy.
0: But. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, you know, I, I thought that— Brad, I've I've never seen a punter affect the game as much as Brad Wing did in 2011. A lot of times he was just in the zone that year. It was kind of crazy, but it is, it is what it is. It took gray guy forever to get in the Hall of Fame. So think about that. Think about it. Think about it. You'll forget. Yep. Um But yeah, so you're probably going to get an O'Brien. Um, probably going to get a Munger. Pretty tricky. There's some good ones this year. What do you think? You think Flex uh, going to be a candidate? Yeah, Fleck and I think Rue, I think rule are obviously. I think the other. Bigger. Yeah, rules. Are re- Thank you. I was forgetting. And one. and and
1: now, of course, uh, my gut would say O's the f- the front runner, but you just never know. I mean, all three of those are pretty good ones.
0: I think O kind of has the best. O probably has the most likable story outside looking in story. Sometimes I get a little worried about front running choices in a twenty four seven media environment. You yeah, use 100%. a bit With Burrow, on but Stevens won it quite a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm true. not sure about Munger specifically, but he's won Coach of the Year a good amount. You know? um, um, but, but you are seeing this a bit with Burrow and the Heisman where oh, it's yeah. like, so so the conversation doesn't get boring. You start to be like, okay, we're not going to leave this stone unturned. How can he now lose the Heisman? And that's yeah. like what it shifts to. And so
1: it, it it brings me to my favorite thing I love to just shit on on this podcast is the whole thing of like one person has an opinion and then one person goes a little too far with the like the counter opinion and now everyone's really mad about the counter and we just get really lost because i think the response to the response has been more obnoxious of like college game day saying that field should be the front runner and then you have lsu people just being like this is they're idiots and i'm just like i hate everyone lsu's desperate for another heisman i know and oh by the way i mean as of right now joe burrow is my vote i mean yeah Joe Burrow is and Joe Burrow's the, the heavy, heavy heavy The only runner. way that
0: he would uh, lose it would be if he loses the SEC championship. If he wins the SEC championship, he ain't losing the Heisman. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think it matters what anybody else does. And it
1: just and the, it gets tricky with the Ohio State thing because I mean Chase Young, I, Chase Young's the best player in college football. He is a just freak. But then it becomes just – tiff. it's just so hard for a defensive player to win it. You need there to be no obvious offensive player, and Burrow is. When
0: he missed the two games. And I, We're just going to – and it's It's not funny. It
1: actually doesn't seem like it's hurting him as much as I thought it would. No,
0: it's not hurting as much as I thought it would. But if push comes to shove, and you're going to put Burrow's resume and what Burrow did against Florida's defense, Auburn's defense, Bama's defense. And then, look, if he balls out against Georgia's defense, which is maybe better than all of those. Yeah. Like, I mean, I just don't know if there's going to be – much of a leg for yep. Young to stand on, unfortunately. And field—it's a bummer because Fields was making a a really good
1: case to me. He looked really good. He looked really good in that Penn State game to me overall. And then he had two fluke fumbles—not fluke—they were fumbles. But he had two fumbles, and now everyone's just kind of remembering that. When Fields, I mean, Fields deserves some really good consideration. Yeah,
0: but you do have to stack up Fields because that was a good team that Ohio State finally played, right? Yeah. So it's like you're going to play three straight, against, which helps them. Yeah, no doubt, and yeah. we'll see. Um, but like that against. Burroughs, good games against good teams. Yeah. I just think it's a little too early for fields overall. Uh, and I think those fumbles are going to kind of
1: write off fields. The that.
0: Ohio State game was interesting against Penn State because God. they had a chance to blow it wide open and just completely dominate. Yeah. And Penn State managed to make it kind of a game, and it really shouldn't matter. It but shouldn't. given how the playoff committee talks, it does. Yeah, and it's... and I think, it, I think if you're someone who really cares about LSU being a one-seed, that I it hate that this is a yeah. fact, but that was a win for you. Like that, that that was a win for LSU fans trying to defend their resume and game control. Which, by the way, I don't know how they equate that, but LSU is now second in game control
1: oh, to nice. Ohio State. I
0: didn't see that. So, um whatever the fuck that means.
1: Yeah, the, yeah, I think it has to do with just like how often are you? Yeah, I, I don't know how they equate it, but. No, never mind. I'm I mean, working. we understand
0: what its base yeah, concept sorry. is. Yeah, sorry. Go like, on, go on. You're supposed to, like, it's how much are you dominating the, the opponent, right? It's just, or, like, the Alabama game is
1: the best example where, like, the score's going to say it was close, but they, they they know that LSU was in control the entire yes, time. Yes, you yeah. should
0: actually score a high game control for Alabama. They never had the ball with a chance to take the lead yeah. in the second half. That's pretty good game control. But I'm
1: glad you brought up the Ohio State-Penn State game because that game really – that's another, maybe I'm just grumpy this week. Who knows? But that's well, another conversation.
0: Indiana did just completely blow it after oh, looking yeah, they got strong killed, early
1: yeah. on. Uh, but it's just exhausting hearing, like like, since when... Is beating a number eight team in the country by eleven like an indication that you're not elite?
0: Blame the playoff committee. This yeah, is, these are the lines that they have drawn. It's so exhausting
1: because it's like, first off, they did look dominant that first half. They looked like the best team in the country in the first yeah. half. They were up twenty-one nothing. They looked incredible. And then, yeah, there was some fluke fumbles. They made some plays. A backup quarterback you didn't prepare for made some, you know, did some trick things on you—not trick, but you know, unpredictable things on you. And all of a sudden, you win by eleven. And also, like. It's suddenly because they beat everybody by like forty points. You think they need to beat everybody by forty points? It's like no, it's a top ten team. It's going to be closer. But
0: that, but the problem is that's literally the argument that the committee positioned, or people well, that's talking what they, about the committee. I think that's
1: what they positioned it for the other,
0: like further games against not great teams. Well, I'm talking about in terms of okay, if Ohio State wants to be number one, but LSU has these better wins, yeah the way but, but what ohio state has done better is they've controlled every game better yeah. so then they you know against the great team if they would have gone out there and completely just dominated that game beginning to end then everybody would have been like oh okay they they, they are the number one team so it's just is just kind of the nature of the beast i think when it comes to the having a playoff committee and a playoff system
1: yeah i guess but my read on that is not it's not that they have to dominate every game it's their argument is that in the games that weren't the big games they dominated better than lsu did yeah and then now you're then in theory you're going to finally have some good games and as long as you take care of business in those I think Ohio State's resume is pretty relatively even.
0: Yeah, it's 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 where um, no, I agree it, it it will be relatively even. It, but but it's like that you know it's when you're trying to discern between uh, two great teams and there's no. Really good, common opponents or middle ground, or like yeah. that's why college football is weird. You don't play in a thirty-two team league. It's not like, you know, you different regions of football even play different styles of football. Like, so yeah. it is kind of odd that we try to throw all one hundred and thirty teams together from across this very diverse country, and and I love it, and that's yeah. what makes it great. But it leads to situations where, yeah, you're you're nitpicking an LSU win at Tuscaloosa. And, yeah. and and you're nitpicking uh, an Ohio State win over a good Penn State team. like So it's just, like I said, I think it's just the nature of the beast. And whether you agree with it or not, the sad fact is for what Ohio State was looking to do, um, letting them back in the game was not dominant enough if they wanted to be the clear cut number one team with the resume as it stands yeah. today.
1: Because it's tricky because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I could be really wrong on this.
0: Where's Florida right now? Because I think... Florida's like 8 or 10 or something. Oh, they are that They're high. 10. Never mind yeah. that.
1: Okay. So LSU is the first and second best. They have wins. the same yeah.
0: they have the same amount of ranked I don't know exactly how they compute all their metrics. Yeah. LSU has a higher strength of schedule. Yeah, of course. I think they have the same amount of top 25 wins. Yeah. Ohio State's one in game control, LSU's two in game control. Okay. Thank you. A&M's right outside the top 25. Um so that'll be a good win for LSU. That'll be a top 50 win. Yeah. Ohio State has another chance at a really good one with Michigan, but the yeah, problem it's a really is really Michigan. Team. I don't know if they'll be able to catch up because LSU has a potential really good win if they beat Georgia.
1: Yeah, and right now that SC, that Big Ten championship doesn't look as great as it might have a few weeks ago. Yeah, So yeah, that's no. fair. Um, well, so that's, that's tricky because, I mean, at the end of the day, and we can move on, but my last thing I'll say is just yeah. I think LSU obviously has the best resume, and I don't think that's changing. You know, like that's, but they're different arguments. I think LSU is the best resume, so if I'm making an AP poll and things like that, I'm going to vote them one. I still, at the end of the day, kind of my gut tells me Ohio State's the best team in the country.
0: Yeah. I mean, well... And my, my opinion means
1: nothing. That's just my two cents.
0: That is the good part about the playoff is I love it. you'll get to see that toe-to-toe. The only reason why, if I wanted to argue against that... Argue, baby. Uh, the only reason why would simply be because we've seen what Joe Burrow does to elite defenses yeah. this year, and... Um, and I think it's really damn good. Then again, you know, the, the, I guess the Auburn game, you could say they kind of, they, they, it's only 23 points there. So yeah. maybe that's their version of, uh, of Penn State. <laughs> I don't know. I did love the fact that the game was close though because there's been so much talk about scheduling and should you schedule good teams or not. And I just love like, oh yeah, it turns out when you play good teams, games end up being closer. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> that's crazy. And that's why I hate that Alabama is... Maybe you know they're getting so much credit, and they're almost hard to judge because we've 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 only seen them really tested once this entire year, and and that's just a bit frustrating outside looking in. It Although is. they got some help this weekend as well with uh, Oregon, kind of opening up the door a bit there. Yeah, I'm not ready to start debating that yet, but man, I'm I'm I am very much a Alabama just should not get in person. No. Utah. But it's I tough mean, now. I still no, I still firmly believe any one lost conference champion gets in over them. Whether it's Baylor, don't know. Oklahoma, I Utah, they absolutely won. I want Utah in. I love this Utah team. I really enjoy them. Yeah. So you you don't think so? Because I, I, I feel I feel literally one hundred percent I don't I care. If anymore. they beat Auburn by a thousand, I feel one hundred percent confident that any one lost conference champion will uh will get in. I'm not confident anymore. Man. If, if 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 they do not then the system is completely... Oh, it
1: will... I mean, everyone's been saying it, but, like, there will be immediate changes.
0: There, you will be blowing it up. And, and the playoff committee smart break enough my to heart. that. And
1: yeah. they don't want to do that. Yeah. All right. What's next? AM? and um, Best yeah, 2010s?
0: Arkansas, anything else to add? Uh, I mean, Clyde, well, the only can, thing I'm concerned with... The offense with, broke every record on earth that week. The only thing I'm concerned with is I don't know if 31 yards a carry is sustainable. For for Clyde, um, you really got to worry about that. Yeah. yeah, and it's just it's just something to keep an eye on going forward. Oh, I wish you would have asked Ed that on Monday. Actually, no, <laughs> I should have. Actually, it would have come off really corny. So I'm no, glad you did That would have been, been pretty. It good. like, yeah, it's a tough to. What I really messed up on, I should have asked Ed about the Mandalorian. Um, and that's on me. I feel quite confident he has not watched that. No, I know, but I don't, it don't it think it would have been. It would have been way better. No, it would be a good question a Gen- to ask. Him. What's film, the last
1: just like serialized television show you watched? Like, what's the last just network TV show. I wonder what the last network television show he would have watched would be. Because I, I really, I truly to my core can't picture it. Mm. Anything. Like maybe some like CBS. Like, like True
0: Detective? I was, ooh, that's a good one. I was going to say like a CBS crime procedural. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I could, I could, everybody has their kind of cheesy sitcom show that that they just like to turn their brain off and enjoy for the most part. Man. But, hey, when you got to recruit 24-7, I don't know, bro. I don't know. Always be recruiting. <laughs> All right. ABC, baby. But, yeah, I mean, the other thing
1: with the Arkansas game is just that, like, every single offensive mark got set, and the best example is the first team in SC history to have a 4,000-yard passer, two 1,000-yard receivers, and one 1,000-yard 1, rusher, and Clyde just had – it's just getting obnoxious how every
0: game it feels like there's a different
1: Clyde game, which is
0: – I understand why I didn't he's make it. He's heating up as uh, as we enter the final stretch. He is he's he's like a horse that's a stretch runner. He is getting ready to make his <laughs> final push.
1: And I can't argue him not making the dope finalists because that those three are just unbelievable, and you can't argue any of those three making it in between Taylor, Dobbins, and uh Chuka, I forget his last name, I apologize.
0: Hubbard. <laughs> uh I think. Chuba Hubbard? Oh, God. Did he make it? Yeah,
1: I mean the Oklahoma State running back. Yeah, that's Chubba Hubbard. Chuba. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, I'm awful. Thank you for teamwork.
0: Um, but yeah, no, I mean, just six cares. I'm awful. I'm going to save that clip for next time you come in my Twitter DMs trying to argue nonsense. You, you do know in this example, which we're not going to bring up, that you were wrong, right?
1: Like um, you found out
0: you were wrong. So we were arguing about whether or not John Favreau is great um, as a director and writer. And I think he's and really good. Although, not great. Um, many of my facts ended up being <laughs> um, not what you would call facts. Yes. Um, a couple of them ended up being incorrect. By the way, uh, just public service announcement: I have told countless people through the years that Jon Favreau wrote and directed both Elf yeah, and Iron for the Man. Record. Um, he did not write Elf or Iron Man. But the problem is, this entire time, you assume that I'm arguing in good faith. I am not <laughs> arguing in good faith at all. So but I'm no. arguing the best faith, so, like my no. argument
1: comes from a really pure, like importance of like narrowing these things down discussion, and you're just trolling me. You're gatekeeping, and and I yeah. disagree with it, and and yeah. I'm
0: going to fight my fight. Uh, I think until... if we embrace
1: everything, we can really enjoy nothing.
0: <laughs> until I get you to, uh... well, until I guess I just annoyed you and into stop responding. I, I was driving, I think, back from New Orleans. And I was like, yeah, all right, we're calling. <laughs> At it. one point, I could tell that you were like, Is it... when you hit me with the buddy. <laughs> anytime somebody anytime somebody hits you with a buddy, that is like oh, the I, most aggressive thing buddy. you can do. What, oh, I buddy. Are oh, we, what was, are we talking was, yeah, about? Well, here.
1: We don't want to keep dive into it, but that was that was real like aggravation. No, just I like, know. Trust yeah. me, I
0: know. That's why I hit you back with it. I think I, I, think I sent you a message and then just sent a soul message, buddy. <laughs> I wanted you to feel the, the spittle and the spike. When
1: you gave me it back, I'm like, all right, that one's on me. <laughs> that one's on me. <laughs>
0: Uh, but, but yeah, okay. Uh, to Brody's point, John Favreau is a very good filmmaker. Yeah. He maybe isn't quite what I was making Man. him out to be. But I'm very excited. Really, really successful. That him and Dave Filoni, and I am apologize that I'm forgetting the third person's name. She's a girl whose yeah, resume I'm not as respons- uh, familiar with, but they're now the three people in charge of the direction of the Star Wars universe. And I can't wait. I think it's a great idea. Because I think they're doing great things with The Mandalorian. They are. And Dave Filoni, whether it's Rebels or Clone Wars, yeah. has done really great things in the animated space for Star Wars. And now he's finally getting his live-action love.
1: Okay. it's enough of that. Do you want to go oh. 2010s or do you want to go A&M? Mm,
0: let's go 2010s. All right, yeah. So, well, The Athletic
1: published our best of the 2010s team. Actually- it's worth checking out. We did a big blitz today. That's basically every school's best of the 2010s, and then also we did like entire all it was of like college, college
0: football, NFL. I saw the list today. Yeah. Like and, oh man. Place. By the way,
1: Godspeed to Matt Brown who had to choose the quarterbacks for the college football best of the 2010s nationally. It I mean, was
0: brutal. Joe Burrow,
1: right? I mean, he you know. was even a consideration. That's how hard this is. I he settled on Baker and Deshaun. And I, by the way, I don't have any anger with that, but it's so hard because think about who you're leaving off: Cam Newton. Uh, which was one of the best college football seasons I've ever watched. Johnny Menzel. Yo, Marcus Mari- was
0: the best football player I ever so lot.
1: Yeah, Marcus Mariota Tua. Like the amount of people you're leaving off
0: is insanity. But I, I also that. can't or argue Deshaun any of it. Watson feels obvious. Deshaun like has Deshaun to be. Watson feels like 1, consistency every has to be on And there. I
1: think he settled on Baker because he's the only player only player of the twenty tens, definitely to be top five in the been three times. Okay, and just like so. Oh yeah, okay, yeah,
0: that's good. Yeah. I mean, you can't really argue with that. He was great. If it's he's, just if really he's, hard. If he's the only, if he's a, that's a singular accomplishment and an exceptionally singular award. So I don't
1: think. It's just and, and he he was on with Andy Staples podcast today actually, and they were saying like the hardest part is saying do I want to honor one amazing season or three? It's like, but it's just really hard. I
0: think if you're choosing a best player, and that's like where Cam Newton and Joe Burrow. Would yes, be not in consideration is I do think it has to be over multiple years. So with my because Joe Burrow, you wrote an article last week before the Arkansas game yeah. that you are talking to NFL scouts and Joe Burrow may be having the best college football season for a quarterback that we've ever seen yeah. in terms of just yeah. throwing the ball. Yeah. Like the numbers are, this is no exaggeration. The numbers are unparalleled. He's breaking records.
1: I mean, obviously, a lot of football left. He's going to face some great defenses. These things might drop, but right now he's on pace to become the all-time like ever single-season completion percentage leader. But the best thing is like some of these stats where like com- like accuracy percentage went on throws that aren't screens, so they're actual downfield throws. He's breaking the record by upwards of twelve percent. Like yeah. it's yeah. just
0: he's not just like oh this is really like he's in embarrassing records the um I'm 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 trying to scroll through uh by the way shout out to Joe Burrow on the cover of Sports Illustrated I mean what a uh what a moment to find yourself on the cover of Sports Illustrated that's 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 just got to be I don't care how much you've accomplished that is still unreal okay here's the numbers I was looking for so uh Cody Worsham yesterday was tweeting about like um who he or, – or, like, who wants some crazy – like, tell me your favorite yeah, yeah. Borough numbers, right? So I said give me some updated under-pressure stats because those are my favorite. Uh, when pressured this year, when you are supposed to be bad, and other quarterbacks like Tua and other great quarterbacks are down like 50%, he's completing 70% of his passes, which leads the country, for 971 yards. He's thrown 13 touchdowns to one pick, the 13 touchdowns that leads the country. Adjusted completion percentage which I think counts for drops and other things. Like it's like I think it's like if the quarterback yeah. did their job, you know, they get a completion. Seventy seven point six adjusted completion percentage leads the country and a one hundred forty three NFL passer <laughs> rating when pressured, which leads the country. So
1: I asked everybody I talked to for that story, like what's the thing that what stat just grabs your mind most, which I not to cry, I think that's what inspired this uh little tweet storm, but I'm not gonna yeah. Uh <clears throat>
0: but Mike oh, because Re- oh, oh. I've seen like wait, three different that. Twitter
1: accounts being like, "What's the best I'm like
0: Wait, so, so Cody copied you? Put it on the record here. Say it. Not don't copied. Be scared. Not copied. Don't be, don't be in my because Cody's the king of. Don't be in my DMs like you were like a cockroach afraid well, no. of the light. Cody has the best stats. Cody's the stats. He stat. does have the best stats.
1: I'm saying I might have inspired this movement. Ah, uh, okay, <laughs> okay. So
0: what did you tweet?
1: Well, no. So in the story, I asked Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus when they're their lead draft guy. I'm like, hey, can there, they have some of the best stats, too. And yes. And he's like, I'm like, what one blows your mind most? And he said, accuracy percentage on throws 10 yards or more downfield. So that throws away all your little check downs, all that stuff. You look at the quarterbacks all time since they've started tracking this. The leader all time is Baker Mayfield at 55.7, which is really good. Two was 55.5 in 2018. Kyler is 54. Nobody else no other first round pick has ever no one else is ever even top 50%. Yeah. Not even Daniel Jones? Not even Daniel. He's by the way, he's fourth. <laughs>
0: like, oh, so th- as much what? as you're making a good uh, joke, what? he was actually fourth. <laughs> Suck it. Um,
1: which is also a good indicator of the shows. Joe Burrow completed is accurate on 67.8%. 67. So he is breaking Mayfield's record by nearly 13%.
0: I mean, and and the other thing that your article points out is it's just kind of a, possible to understand fully because it's just unprecedented. the and but but also when compared to burrow's first season at lsu the the disparity between the two years you're looking at someone who looks like they are just a completely different player at least statistically now we're so deep in the woods that we saw you know we we're saw like, things yeah. yes like we saw things and the scheme is highlighting but never this gratuitous never this insane I thought he would be a, like, top six, SC. I thought he'd be top five
1: SC quarterback. I thought yeah. he'd be, like, behind Fromm, you know, in that. a Good quarterback. And Fromm looked terrible last week. Yeah, that's a whole way. different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, anyway, so yeah, we, we got sidetracked, but we're talking about the 2010s thing. I'm a big believer. Well, li-
0: well because 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 we're doing this, before we get to the 2010s that's thing. That's fine, yeah. Um, Just a little public service announcement all the Do Tiger it. fans out there. Um, Rabelais wrote about this this morning and tweeted about it, and I think it's great, which is that Just recognize all the things that we just listed off. You are looking at one of the most legendary players in LSU history. Will likely become the second-ever Heisman winner in LSU history. And this Saturday is your last chance to see that person in the flesh. Think about, like, Billy Cannon's last game in Tiger Stadium because that's essentially what you are talking about this Saturday. So just recognize that. If you have tickets, count yourself lucky. If you're looking for tickets, Best of luck, but the bottom line, 6 p.m. Saturday night in Death Valley is where you want to be because it is the final time that you will get to see this uh, this magical 2019 team in the flesh in Tiger Stadium. And it's coupled with a revenge game against A&M. Are you shitting me? Like, yep. it is going to be... Tiger Stadium at its peak, probably like it was against Florida, if not even more crazy you think so yeah uh this Saturday night so just just recognize and be thankful for the great on this day of Thanksgiving be thankful for the greatness that you have been allowed to witness this football season now you want to get to the twenty tens yeah well we're only going to highlight a few that we wanted to debate but but I
1: wanted to say I mean when I view these things I don't know about you because you were saying you think longevity has some good value. I just try to view it as because it's college football where Length of career is so like there's so many variables there that it's hard to really judge that. I go by like you at your best, like that's my personal thing, which is why Tyron Matthew is my, well was my player of the decade before Burrow.
0: I see. I I think that there are um, it's tough. Obviously, it's a combination. It is. I think that you can get so gaudy like Tyron and Burrow did that you can over some come someone who maybe had a more consistent career uh but yeah but tyron so tyron is your overall player of the decade he was
1: no 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 no, no. he was until literally three weeks ago mm, yeah i yeah. had it written it was all sent off to the or whatever you want to call it publisher and sent off to the news press <laughs> even though we're online and and, we're online up and but yeah well, our higher ups the oh, and then uh, read all about it but i even said to my editor at the time when i like sent it to him like hey if he beats Mammoth, it's changing if yeah, and Joe Burrow is now our player of the decade, and I have no doubt about it.
0: I don't think you can argue, man. No. I really don't. I mean, well, it's... and then you add in the context of he's the most important LSU player ever. the the analogy that I use, so last year, I started to really enjoy when I was trying to help LSU fans not be crazy about the Alabama game. I started to use the spaceship analogy, right? where everybody wants to go to the moon. But nobody wants to develop the space program to like get it. there. Okay, like, like you just don't wake up and have a rocket ship ready to go. You have to take the steps. And I used the point that Alabama was years of R and D and development and all these things ahead of LSU. They had a badass spaceship. They might even have a moon space station. They do. LSU did not. Well, Joe Burrow is essentially like finding a piece of alien technology. That you backwards engineer, you reverse engineer, and it leads you to, like, generational leaps and bounds development. So you went from having, you know, your analog Apollo 11... Armstrong and and, and and Buzz like you, you went from that your fully analog spaceship to now you're in the digital age and you've got the latest computers and all of a sudden you're landing on planets you're you're working on terraforming and and building hospitable space stations like it is wild just how much burrow has hyper accelerated that process. I couldn't agree more. I'm no. sorry. I know that's a weird direction you go, but that, that's just how it Nothing stands bad. out in my mind. And it's when you look at the program of men as a whole, you have the number 2 recruiting class in the nation. You may get number 1, like depending on some of the big names that they kind of have waiting in the wings here. Like, you're undefeated. You're number 1 in the country. You're playing for an SEC championship the first time since 2011. You beat Alabama in Alabama, like— all of the boxes that you wanted to check are now checked. I thought you were a couple more years away. My argument was that at least the program was getting better; that it was moving in the right direction. Well, now you're almost where you want to be, and it's just like, how high can you go, and how consistent can you make it? But either way, Joe Burrow was the key to to accelerating that timeline. Absolutely. All right, so let's quickly go through this: running backs,
1: two spots, Fournette and guys. No argument there, right? Um, I mean, there's t- it's tough. You have your Jeremy no, Hill's. You have your. You have some great players. He would but, be the
0: only one. The thing is, a lot of the great running backs during my time um, were great, but it's a running back by committee, which now, I they,
1: did factor in. I wanted to make sure I'm
0: not just viewing by numbers, but I just think those two. Well, are, but you kind of have to, because I mean, if you're, I try you know, not to. If I mean, you try not to, but you can't sit here because Odell say and Jarvis' uh,
1: numbers aren't going to be anywhere near Justin and Jamar Chase's. But yeah, it's fair, you know. Uh, but I still think they're my one and two right now.
0: Which is next? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, because I played like guys that have gone on to have great NFL careers, whether it's Spencer Ware, um, Stephen Ridley, Michael Ford played for a while, Kenny Hillier. But yeah, for and guys makes sense. Either. Receiver,
1: only two spots, which was unfortunate. I guess I could have fudged with the rules, but I just thought it was all right, let's stick to it. Beckham and Landry got the two spots. I mean Chase has to be in here. So four like. this was published this was sent. The only thing I changed was player of the year, yeah. player of the decade. This was sent about four or five weeks ago. That's
0: fair. And Chase really has come on in the last four or five so weeks. So I think Chase crazier.
1: like literally yeah, I was gonna say, I think literally last week would have changed it, but like, oh, this is real. But it was just tough because at that point he had only had six successful games, really, seven or so, like you know and he missed a game. Yeah. So Who would you take out, then, if you put Chase in there? I don't think you put Jefferson there yet. I think I'd take out
0: Beckham. you you go
1: Landry over Beckham?
0: Yeah. I I mean, Beckham's NFL success has obviously been spectacular, and so has Landry's. But when they were in college, I felt like Landry was the uh, more—he was the the, the more—like, my my old thing, I used to always be like, I think Landry's actually going to be a better pro than Beckham. Nice. And, and, I mean, I don't think that happened, but um, I I would say probably if if it was me, I would do Landry and Chase. I I like
1: it. And if I would do it over, I think I'd be with you. Tight end Foster Moreau, obviously not a lot of great tight ends at I'll see this decade.
0: Yeah, I was going to say Richard Dixon, but yeah, no, he's outside of this decade. Though. Oh
1: shoot, I kind of thought he might have been twenty ten. Yeah, yeah, no, we're old as shit now. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no, Foster. He I mean, may
0: have been on the no, he went on the twenty ten team. I don't think, but either way, yeah, yeah it, d- it doesn't matter. Foster just consistency, all those things. Offensive line's leadership tough. and everything. Yeah. for Foster too. Don't you know that Thad Moss just set the record though? Should I know it be Thad? I know this is another one where Thad would not kidding.
1: I know it's true though. Thad would be it right now, but yeah, this was made a few weeks ago. Uh, all right, offensive line. This is tough, and a lot of people, our listeners, probably won't even really be able to like get into this. But we said, no. <laughs> but our, uh, we'll settle. We we'll go through it quickly. We settled on, and I, by the way, I pulled like six former five LSU offensive linemen to get a read on this. I talked to, like you, Blackwell, Josh, like all those guys to try to get a good read on this. Um, offensive tackles: Lyle Collins and Chris Fox. Chris Falk, Chris Wow. Falk, yeah. My bad. Yeah. Offensive guard: Trey Turner and Will Blackwell. Yeah. Center, Ethan Postage.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the only the only one that really jumps off the page being left off is Will Clapp. Yeah.
1: which was That was the big debate. It was Clapp or Blackwell. And, Blackwell uh, struggled
0: with this, too, because he didn't want to fight for himself. But he's like, that's really tough. <laughs> well, I advocated for him. So, Will, if you're listening, um, you're welcome. I will say this. <laughs> will, will was an All-American, and uh, and that means something. And he was a very good lineman on that, on that 2011 team. Uh, now, obviously, Clapp has gone on to be really good in the NFL. It's and nice. Clapp was one of these, actually, like, yeah, whatever. He's a great lineman. But it's tough. because this his college career, I think I like Will on that list. And then Trey Turner is one of the best I've ever seen. He is unreal good. Um, Chris Falk, probably the kind of unheralded name out of this group. Yeah, there just weren't a lot Will. of obvious ota- offensive tackles. No. Yeah. It, it, it proves that LSU, that's, that that's, has not been a position of strength.
1: No. It's the toughest thing, I would argue, that and quarterback are probably the two toughest things to and land in recruiting, would not you think?
0: Yeah, and it's the one thing that this recruiting class still needs if they want yeah. to get to number one. Recruiting or update whatever. coming
1: in two hours. Um, on the from who? me? Oh, really? Yeah. What do you mean? Um, well, I don't know. I thought you were not a recruiting guy. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm never going to ever try to compete. With so rivals don't click on that article. Twenty-four-seven. So was...
0: Obviously, it's not going to be very well informed. I would not click on that article at all. Thanks for you. Uh, defensive uh, line. I'm just kidding. I'll read it. No, you're good.
1: Defensive line. Michael Brockers? Yep. We only went three spots. Michael Brockers, Benny Logan, Parkevius Mingo.
0: For me personally? Yeah. Who jumps out there to your left off? Uh, I mean, Drake Nevis. But this is also a bit odd because we used to run a 4-3. So that was so... a big debate I had with some buddies. Yeah. Of like, we,
1: we we felt comfortable settling on 3-4, but it is tough. But, and we felt comfortable because we knew linebacker was going to be even harder. There's so many good linebackers to pick from, so we felt good going 3-4. I, four, I three.
0: just, I mean, Drake, I, I would put a Drake over Benny. Um, Benny was good. Benny was real good, obviously. And then you got guys like your Danielle Hunters who, like, were better well, pros. Well, Danielle Hunter didn't do shit here, though. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> and then that becomes the kind of thing where people... Be- now he's, like, incredible in the pros. Yeah. He's going to end up being one of the best NFL players to ever come out of LSU, and I think he had, like, three sacks exactly. while he was here.
1: So that's another thing you got to factor But in.
0: the thing about Drake Nevis is, just, see, he's a bit of the opposite, where his NFL career maybe didn't go as he wanted. Now, he he played for years and played in Canada as well, but that dude in college was a monster. And then his ability to show up when it mattered. I mean, I always think about 2010, Alabama's going to win the game and Tiger Stadium, they're trying to drive. And Drake Nevis pulls one of the greatest swim moves I've ever seen, strips John Parker Wilson and then gets the ball back himself to win the game. Um, Yeah, you probably should have consulted me on this. But, you know, what are we going to do? But, I mean, are any of these three... I honestly don't think that you should... I think you should maybe take this article down, in fact, <laughs> since Drake's not on there. Uh, no, but look, I mean, no. No, no but yeah, uh, I was going to say, who of, the, who of those three would you like, be like, I don't know? I would say Benny Logan. I, and I love Smoke. Smoke is my guy. Yeah. He is absolutely my guy. But, uh, and I'm I'm very biased towards Drake, to be clear, too. We're both Class of 07. I'll never forget meeting him for the first time in Ed Ogeron's Ole Miss offense, actually, back in the day, going to camp. Drake kicking my ass at camp in high school. Um, and he's like an incredible leader, an incredible person. He used to lead Bible studies and just all kinds of stuff. So shout out to Drake uh, Nevis; he's great. In case you've forgotten about him out there, uh, linebacker is really tough. Um, Devin White was a given. I don't know about White, dude. I just,
1: <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. so after White, though, I mean, I'm not, I'm not arguing. I pulled, like I said, pulled a lot of people. There was about eight linebackers in consideration there, and I got twenty, di- like fifteen different variations. Like nobody agreed on these spots. Yeah, Kendall Beckwith. Yep. Kevin Minter, Quan Alexander took the last three. Hmm. Now, my next guy off is Kelvin Shepard, and that was tough. I really struggled with that one.
0: Kelvin Shepard and Perry Riley, though, are they in the de- – so is the decade 09 yes. to Duke 2009? Crowley. It's 2010 to 2019. Um, well, yeah, see, maybe – so So, what does a guy – if a guy start like, – like Kelvin, for instance. Kelvin Shepard and Perry Riley, who are both very good linebackers and went on to play for basically a decade in the NFL each um, – their career started before – like, they were yeah, seniors but they still in 2010. 2010. Yeah, but Should I think that they just
1: – I think that factors into just, like, a guy at the, the whole – it has to be, like, just this player who played in the decade, who were the best okay. ones. Not stats, not all that, just, like, who's the best players. And I it's tough. So I'm going to tell you something, and I'm not going to – we're not going to put this on Twitter. It's only if you listen to the podcast. Exclusive yeah,
0: content. Yeah, po- <laughs> podcast exclusive.
1: So uh, when I went to change my, uh, you know, player of the decade mm-hmm. thing – I did in the Google Doc and said, "Yeah, just like all right, you know, Jason, like put this in the put this version in the story
0: now." Ooh, and, I want to get in the athletics Google Docs.
1: <laughs> and anytime, buddy.
0: Uh, Let me in that bitch. I'm gonna talk too much shit about um, Alabama.
1: And I actually also switched linebacker and put Kelvin Shepard over Quan Alexander, but it looks like he didn't switch that part. Ooh. And I'm okay with it. I'm not gonna fight it because I really struggled with it. But that was. But uh, here is the deal: it'll be really messed up. To
0: I don't. And this sounds bad. Yeah, it's tough. I don't really remember Quan in college as much as I do the NFL. He was all American NFL By store, he was all American. Yeah. Oh, okay, well then, I mean, which we is I know that's. What,
1: what, it's just oh, I really, really struggle with this because I don't, I don't want to ever go by awards. Never in a million
0: years. But well, I don't know. I think you're a bit. I think you're maybe a bit too. Those are a factor. I don't want you to be so closed off to that and thinking that it's just like a easy way to summarize it. Like you're. You know you're a beast if you're taking down all American award. Even if sometimes maybe it's inflated or it's name brand or he something. I've been all American. That might be on me. Ooh, oh my god! I mean, it's rough. It's oh a rough god. minute for me. Take down the art. It's, it's over. So fun
1: Alexander was good. I'm like I'm not gonna like feel bad about that.
0: He was very good. And you know what? My man's got the largest contract. Uh, wasn't it for, like for an NFL for a linebacker in NFL history or something recently? Um, oh, this oh. last off season. Oh. I'm about to you look mean LSU linebacker? Uh no 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 dude what? he got paid by San Fran right? Yeah paid yeah just didn't know it was like higher than like let's see
1: um
0: oh wait here we go let's see if we can find some... four years fifty four mil twenty seven guaranteed uh and then so keep reading that article and see if there's <laughs> like a uh, see if there's a um a line about maybe yeah. it being especially impressive but but either way uh linebackers Miner- Beckwith makes wow a ton it of tops sense. Luke Keekly. Yeah, the average
1: tops Luke Kuechly. Oh, yeah,
0: wow, it's almost like the, yeah. and maybe no, I wasn't arguing; sports, you. I was just surprised. Sports you do. Huh. Well, well, I wonder
1: that. if the Seahawks. Uh, oh my God, who's the Seahawks linebacker? Uh,
0: oh my God, I feel like an idiot. Uh, Malcolm, Malcolm, Chancellor, no. uh, Malcolm Uh Malcolm. Uh, what, what, are we do, what are we doing here?
1: This is really good podcasting.
0: Mm-hmm. Why am I blanking right now? Now you're pissing. The guy me who won Super Bowl
1: MVP and all that yeah, stuff. Uh, yeah, I think uh, he Malcolm just Wagner, got
0: Wagner, Wagner, Bobby Wagner. Wa- Bobby
1: Wagner. Oof, Jesus Christ! Um, I think he just got a big contract too, though. Okay,
0: well, whatever. Three years, is, 54. Was, three years, fifty four. Three years, fifty four. He's the highest I, now. I'm trying to support you in saying. <laughs> I was just really curious. Quan Alexander is a good choice because yeah, yeah. he became the highest paid linebacker yeah. in the NFL. So you know, if that's you,
1: Jake you Riley go wrong. was a really good. Oh, and uh, oh, Debo was another really good uh, candidate.
0: But they suffer from the one year syndrome. Yeah, and their yeah, their one years weren't as gaudy as a uh, Joe Burrow yeah. or a Tyron Matthew. <laughs> so it's tough. Right. Um, Kendall Kendall's an absolute. Kendall and Minter, I feel really confident. Minter, for. I feel really good about. And so, yeah, maybe Kwan. But then you mentioned Kelvin Shepard. Did you know? So, Kelvin Shepard and Perry Riley. So, I don't. I'm going to. This was a lot of like his. Like, I don't remember really diving into watching Kelvin Shepard. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The, the, the only thing I want to say, because I think it's cool, is so not only do they both go on to be very successful NFL players, they both came from Stevenson High School out of Stone Mountain, Georgia. So these two were mm-hmm. bros, middle linebackers in high school. They were bro middle linebackers in college. Cool. And then they both went on to the NFL for almost a decade each. It's like Buford High School long snappers in Georgia. Don't you ever mention the Buford Wolves in front of me again? Wait, is that like an actual rivalry? son rival of a bitch. Buford, I have always... Well, they're better long snappers than you. I've sure. always had a team that has always been slightly better than my team. In Little League, it was this team, Decula, that we lost to in the championship in two semifinals. In high school, it was Buford. Every single year of my high school career, we got second in the region to Buford, and they would end up winning state. In college, it became Alabama. Now, at least there was some give and take there. Yeah. I was 3-3, three and 2-1 three, and one games that I actually got to play in. But, uh, but yeah. So how man. do you feel about the fact that LSU has three? has... Signed three. Straight. I've never felt good about it because I've had to be kind to the Ferguson family. And now, now Quentin Skinner. Yeah, I know. All right, let's get the
1: DBs because this is where it really gets
0: good. All right, so we have Patrick Peterson in one corner. I cheated the rules to get five on there, by the way. Mo- well, you know, it's you know modern NFL. You're playing a lot of nickel, yeah. which is actually why the Ravens are so fascinating me. Because in an age where everybody's gone smaller, they're completely off meta right now with this Raven punishing running attack, yeah. and it's badass to watch. It's awesome. Because they are going so against the grain that, like, these defenses are no longer built to go toe-to-toe and take those punches. And then you have an athlete like Lamar Jackson, who's just freaking incredible right now. Uh, Okay, but Patrick Peterson at one corner. Checks out. Duh. Obviously. Uh, Mo Claiborne at the other corner. Thorpe winner. Tough one, but understood. Thorpe winner, for sure. Uh, The best corner on that 2011 team. I had some real people arguing for Tredavious White over him. Ah, it's, it's, it's it's. It's a really good argument. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe the only thing that cuts White's knees down a little bit are the – it's just the, uh, you know, how much did you win when you were there? And they yeah. won, but but Mo Claiborne, like I said, was the headliner of that great team. Um, Tyron Matthew at nickel. Duh. Duh. Makes sense. And then safety, is this where it becomes really tough? It gets pretty tough, yeah. I feel better about it now than I did when I submitted it. So, so I... you have Jamal Adams and Eric Reed. Yes. Who else – well, okay. Dude, so what when I submitted great, this, what other great defensive backs? So you mentioned Trey White. What other great defensive backs are not on this list right now? Um, well, Christian Fulton didn't make yep. it. Grant Delpit's the big one. I mean,
1: I feel better about it now because this year has been unfortunate. But I'm, I, I actually argue. Dante Jackson. Dante Jackson. Thank you for getting a corner. A damn Dante good Jackson. Corner. Greedy wasn't even really a consideration, but he's another great one. Uh, yeah, it's interesting.
0: Greedy, yeah.
1: Uh, um, and there's some others I'm forgetting off the top of my head. But yeah, Dante Jackson was a big one. Thank you for reminding me of that. Um, but Delpit was a really tough one for me, and I fought for him over Reed for a hot second because this was five weeks ago. But I think Delpit's 2018 football season was one of the better football seasons I've ever watched, period. Yeah. I really remember that as one of the best safety performances I've ever watched. Yeah. So it's just tough that now, like—but but it's also, like, Reed and Adams were all-timers. So it's just—I've heard some people actually argue—one person argued Reed and Delpit over Adams for me.
0: Well, and Reed, Reed is always, I think, going to get a boost from LSU fans because— the interception against the interception, Bama yeah. and 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 just I mean there's actually a few read plays that just really stand up. Well, I guess because I live them, so it's not saying much. But Still. either way, I don't think you know. I, I think I think that's fine, especially in light of kind of how unfortunately, whether it's playing out of position, injury related as well. But with how Delpit's senior year has gone, which is. No, it's gone. I mean, you don't want to make too much of it, but we're, we're, whatever. We're great on a crazy curve here, right? Exactly. We're great on a decade curve, so you have to be unbelievable, and it just hasn't been that senior year. So, Jamal Adams, Eric Green, Mays. Christian Fulton's the name that's interesting to me. He will not be remembered the way some of these others are. He will not. He will not. But it's because people don't throw at him, nobody's attacking him. And, and I tried to stress this when everybody's saying, oh, Greedy's better than Dante. Look at his stats. I'm like, y'all, they're not throwing at Dante. They also didn't throw at Greedy. Uh, Well, the next year they didn't throw at Greedy. Yes. When Dante oh, was there, they, they threw yeah. at Greedy. Yes. And then the next year they didn't. what do you know Greedy stats And now off? things
1: have circled back where, like, I think four weeks ago we were talking about Stingley's the best, like, oh my God, is he like the best? Stingley's going to be unreal. But I still, I think right now. Christian Fulton is the best. Christian Fulton's better right now.
0: If you are being ignored. That means that your opponent, and I guess the reason why I sound so salty about this is because I got in so many arguments, Dante versus Greedy, that year. Yeah, If you were being ignored, that means that the opposing coaches, the people who stand to make millions of dollars (laughs) if they beat you, got in a film room with all their shadow staff and analysts and all this other shit, and they said, our best chance to beat this team, our best chance to attack them through the air, is attacking this guy. Not because this guy's bad, but because this other guy is so damn good. And teams are completely ignoring Christian Fulton. They are not even testing him anymore. So now, the time that I would say is actually the exception to that rule is
1: I think history actually shows, and like a lot of like smart draft people said this too, Christian got thrown out more than Greedy last year, but most people would say Christian was actually better than Greedy last year. Uh, Which is yeah, funny because I don't yes. think anyone re- – It was funny. Like, I don't think people realized, came around on that argument until he got hurt. And it's yeah. not because he got hurt, but it was like it was at the very end of the season where people were like, I think Fulton might be
0: better. Well, and and also, you know, and it looked like to be, to do your point, Stingley was trending that direction for a while this year. Yeah. But he has starting to look, <laughs> he has he some look moments, a little yeah. human at times, which yeah. imagine that. He's still that. probably a top 10 corner in the um, country. Yeah. So Christian's interested because I don't know if LSU fans will like he'll never be mentioned in the same breath as Peterson he'll be and Clayborne and needs, he deserves to be.
1: He'll be one who needs the NFL success to help
0: boost his like me- like his memory. Yeah. Um yeah, which is sad because he's been he's been crazy. And then Derek Singley will obviously, you know, in a few years, he's probably on this list. So a lot uh, of
1: former players actually said, like, well, Stingley. And I'm like, ah, I just <laughs> – like, they were, like, really confident that, like, you put Stingley on there, right? <laughs> Which is actually really cool to hear, like, guys from, like, the early 2010s say that. But uh, but I just felt, no, you can not as a freshman, not five, six Stingley's in. probably going to – I mean, he and he's probably replaced – There's replace a good chance he'll be the number one player of the decade in the 2020s. So, like, he'll yeah, get his. He'll
0: probably replace uh, Claiborne on this list, if you were to do, go back and retroactively yeah. get it.
1: All right, and then Special Teams was just a no-brainer. It was Cole Tracy, Brad Wing, and Tyron So, Well,
0: I mean. Ooh, you got any arguments? Oh, Patrick Peterson at return? No, no, no. I mean, well, actually, well, mm, no, because Tyron's moments were probably bigger. But, I mean, I I don't know. Have you ever watched uh, the 2008 Auburn game? No. Not in a long time. there uh, There was a squib kick in that game. And there was a uh, a young, hungry uh guy out there who when that squib kick came his way, he didn't hesitate. He scooped that thing up and he ran thirteen yards and he hit the hole hard and he did not fumble. Who's this man? And else you won that game. Who's this man? It's me. In case you didn't in case you didn't know. It was me. Thanks, man. I had a thirteen yard kick return at Auburn. And you didn't put me on this list.
1: I actually didn't know that. And, like, I make fun of you a lot, but that's actually pretty cool. I didn't know that. It was the best football memory. Wait, do you life. want to hear a funny Brody memory? Mm-hmm. Football memory? Yeah. Sam so I was on.
0: Is this English? You just said. <laughs> Amazon, I get Amazon, nervous. Amazon, I don't like I'm talking about myself. <laughs> uh,
1: no, so I'm on, I'm on uh, punt, you know, punt return, punt block and all that. Yeah. So we rush. Uh, snap goes over the punter's head. I'm the first one through. And I dive on the ball at the one yard line. And I still haven't thought, stopped thinking about this to oh, this day no. because first off, oh, no. it's fourth down. It does not matter who recovers oh, it. You get the ball. God, you but you're okay. Me. But hey, I'm a defensive lineman. But you're
0: so you had been trained, needled by your parent, yeah, by your coaches. So you're and trained. Just you you jump on the, on the ball. ball. P- on the fat ball. man, don't run. Yeah, like oh.
1: so it was trained for that. Oh, no. And if I literally just picked it up and fell a yard, I have a touchdown. My name's mm. in the paper. Like I'm going to remember that moment for the rest of my life. And I jumped on the ball at the one-yard line, and we run it in the next play. And I, my 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 line coach, I run off, and he's like, you idiot. You could have had your name in the paper.
0: Dude, what a missed opportunity, bro. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I'm sorry, man. Glad we
0: had these moments. Well, it makes you feel any better. The end of that Auburn story is um – so, our thing we used to do after the games was go home and we'd party. And at like 2 a.m., ESPN would show the replay and we'd be drinking on the couch watching it. That's
1: a very outdated thing to say, then.
0: And um, the 2 a.m. Sports Center. Yeah, yeah. And and I was so, yeah, I used to love watching the great and Mark May and yeah. all of them. Um, but but I was so excited because I was finally going to see my name on TV and I was going to hear the announcer say my name. I was so hyped. But at the time, I was playing backup fullback at number 49 on. And they announced me on the broadcast as Kirsten Pittman, who's like a six six black guy, incredible pass rusher, and I'm like a six three oh, no. chubby fat white guy. But yeah, so no, that's, no love. For my, yeah, no, no love for my. I know, and I am exceptionally pale as well. Like in case you've never seen me, so oh God. I never got my moment in the sun. <laughs> Sorry, I was so freaking. That hyped just made though, my dude. night. That's like your punishment
1: for the Favreau argument. Ah, um, oh, goddamn. great he's great. So, he's
0: great. Brody, he is a he's,
1: great. He's a really successful filmmaker. filmmaker. Oh uh, my god,
0: you gatekeeping son! You just can't bring yourself to say great, can you? No. Anyway,
1: so do you want to dive into Anam? We don't. We've gone really long. But,
0: Lindelof's great, but um, Lindelof yeah, is, yeah, Lindelof sure. is great. sure. Um, uh, you know what? I Your three love, shows in, you have to say he's great I at that point. I love the new Watchmen show. It is fantastic. Right. I caught up on Sunday.
1: Do 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 we want to debate this game or do we want to just quickly look back on the seven overtime
0: game? Uh well you've been working on oral history so nah, fine. I, I feel like well, no I'm saying I feel like it's been talked to death so maybe like what did you discover in working on this oral yeah. history that you find interesting?
1: There's some fun stories. Um one that's been contested but I'm going to say I'm gonna, I'm sorry, I think we're going to keep it out of the story but two different people have said that D Anderson now suspended for the season. Subbed himself into the game multiple times, including on the 25-yard touchdown in the third overtime. And if you don't remember, D. Anderson oh, did not have a good relationship with the coaching staff. Was at one point suspended for cursing off a coach. Like they, so they stopped playing him. And like it's funny, you talk to so many former players for this story. Like we all knew D was like the best playmaker on that team. Which is really interesting to hear them say, but it's just like, but the coaches just didn't want to play him because he was a problem. Yeah, but yeah, so apparently he subbed himself
0: in. Oh my god, dude! And he was a crucial part of those overtimes. Um, I, I don't, I don't even understand that though. How's that? How does it work? Did he know the formation? And he just ran in and put himself in? so much in I didn't quite so understand, in. which yeah, is also why, yeah, yeah. because
1: it's been contested, I'm not putting it in. But yeah, that makes sense. It's like, it sounds like, because it's third overtime, it sounds like Mickey just like maybe wasn't paying attention or something like that, <laughs> and like D just called four wide and Foster came off. And he... <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, oh, and so, now D's no longer on the team. Yeah, and who knows what, uh, where he'll be next
0: year. Unfortunately.
1: Maybe at Tulane or something.
0: Um, oh, is he transferring? I thought maybe, is he it not NFL time, time
1: yet? He doesn't know yet. I, but he's—I he, wouldn't—I would not expect him to be at LSU. Um, he has the
0: body to get an NFL tryout, no doubt.
1: Uh, well, my like, guess is he tries one more year at one of the smaller schools. Yeah. So like maybe Tulane, maybe go play with Frank Wilson at UTSA. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, some other things. Um, oh, there's so much. I'm trying to think of some things. Uh, one, I found it interesting article about Jerry Sullivan and D. Anderson that they both like. One of the first things they brought up was they were really mad. Or in hindsight, mad that about the drive before AM tied it, that LSU went too conservative and they were like, we both, we kind of blew it. We just mm. need one first down to win that game. Yeah. Because that didn't even occur to me in the scam, like, spam. I forgot game. about that. No, you're right. Yeah. And they're like, third and four, we're running it. What are we doing? Like, it was just really interesting to hear. Like, well, especially
0: what... a year, uh, I mean, in last year's context, kind of makes sense because your passing game was pretty ineffective this year. It would feel insane for them to not go for the win in, uh, in, in, in that scenario again. And before anybody brings up Auburn or any of that shit, you were up by ten against Auburn. It's a different situation. Different. This is a situation where if they score, uh, they force OT. All
1: right, and I'm trying to think of some others. Um, one apparently, the A and M fans were just like they like. It's almost like the Duke Cameron crazies where they did their research and like they were like yelling at them the entire game, like specific stuff. Like I think like stuff about Miles Brennan's family, you know. But- <laughs>
0: like they did their research so so when the Del- never down a and m's fans ability to be obsessed with uh with just football i don't know like they 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 love it they they love it maybe more than almost anybody else in the sec <laughs> and apparently when
1: the Delpin interception happened that they thought won the game like full four different players brought up. Like, yep, we all started yelling at the fans. Like, we were enjoying this. <laughs> so that things
0: probably a little more. They started talking a lot of shit. Well, I mean, the Gatorade bath, dude. You got I mean, a straight it. up. You had the, so, the 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 thing that you never want to do. See, if you're a fan of a head coach, the premature oh, right. Gatorade bath actually happened.
1: That's pretty bad. Yeah, and we brought that up to Owen. He, he tried to laugh about it yesterday, but
0: now what is interesting is. I, on the other end of this game, do not feel, I think, the way that a lot of the coaches and players feel. I do not think LSU got cheated in any way. I think they had some of the worst luck breaks I have ever seen. That's a better way to put it. And the Kellen Mann knee down is the prime example. Because if that knee is called down on the time, the clock's running, they're scrambling, they're <laughs> screwed. The game's over.
1: That's a really good point.
0: The only way that that works out like it did where it basically became a free timeout and set them up for success was because they had to go back and review it. That's I actually had never thought of it that
1: way. You're absolutely right.
0: So that's really bad luck. And then the other ones, like the yellow line was off on the TV broadcast and everybody's bitching about yeah, short bad. first down. The Delpit one with the fumble, that's tough because that I think it was
1: incomplete. The anger is more like... Oh, like every 50-50 calls go in their way. That's where yes. the anger comes and,
0: from. And and to be fair, that is one that, that is a play. We talk about gray area a lot in this show. That is so firmly playing in the gray area because that is one of those plays where live action, it looks incomplete, it, but when you slow it down, you're like, oh, my oh, God, no. It's the other way around. In the flow of the game, I thought it was a fumble. And then the more they looked at it, I'm like, <gasps> Oh, really? Okay, see, when I saw the live action, but it's so bang-bang, I'm like, okay, that's, you know, that's probably yeah, incomplete. Fair. But then when I see the slow-mo and he catches it clearly and he tucks it and he like looks like he's running you're like oh wait is it but but again if it's gray area like it can go either way and you can't really complain either way because either call is kind of justified exactly. um and the only, the only one that i had a real problem with the greedy williams pass interference i thought was incredibly wasn't, wasn't nitpicky Especially given the that situation point in the game was yeah weird, yeah uh, then you have the, well,
1: the staff was probably most mad about them them being able to spike the ball when there was one second left. Yeah, which, which seem, I've never got, it's been a year, I've never gotten a good answer yeah, on so that.
0: Yeah, so they seem to think that that was, that that is not allowed in the rule book, but they, I have, like. because I think uh, McMahon, I think, is the guy who's, like, in
1: charge of, like, that kind of stuff, like, knowing that. Yeah. And he was told and he taught the team that, like, you can't spike it there with, mm. with, with three seconds or less.
0: Well, apparently they could. I know. Um, so I mean, whether whether they actually got cheated or not, I just view it as some of the most terrible luck ever. But it's all it's all good because uh, because here you sit a year later and you can have your prime chance for revenge. Um, one other thing I enjoyed well, anything first, on the
1: fight, not a ton. Um, we got Burrow basically being like because there's that shot of Craig walk running by him and he's just standing there dumbfounded. Yeah. Well, keep in mind, Burrow collapsed after the game because he was so fatigued and literally fell in the locker room. So he's just standing there, and we asked him, he's like, yeah, I was just kind of a little little interested by it. <laughs> he's like, I found it intriguing. He's I just mean, it's pretty like, bush league by Craig. Um, no, so most people I talked to, which is – oh, Jack Marucci was on the field for it, but he just thought I was a fan, and they didn't think anything of it when it's like when, when some of the stuff started happening. So they just, like, kept walking
0: and yeah. missed it. Most of the team was in the locker room. Well, and that's why I say Bush League, because you assume that that is a fan doing that. Like, you don't see coaches are supposed to remain relatively stoic or you celebrate with, like, your team. You are not supposed to run over and talk shit, especially to the players that you were just with and, yeah. like, helping to raise and coach and mentor, like, a year ago. Like, yeah. that's, that's fucking greasy. It's not good. It, that's a greasy move. It's a bad look for That whole thing was a bad look for literally yeah. every. Yeah, and then you got involved. Kevin Falk punching people, and John, John Battle. Battle punching.
1: Which I'll say this: I'm not uh, podcast content only. I think, but uh, we asked John Battle at pro day once, like just like offhand, like yeah. Like, like, were you punished? Like, what was the punishment? Because you know, oh, Sanders so he no punished. One punished. Dude. And he's like, run ten yards and back.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> like, and he delivered. Yeah, but I know one other thing. I just, I just to-
0: love the fact that Jimbo's nephew too. No matter if like whatever happened, it doesn't matter. Right, wrong. Because he just looks like the guy that you love to hate, you know, Jimbo's nephew, the rich guy's white, like suburban, like private school nephew. I mean a very punchable face. Like there was no 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 way
1: I don't think he would argue that
0: there was no way that he was ever gonna be viewed as anything but the bad guy. At least from at least from this perspective. And a lot of people taking Kevin Falk's side over Jimbo's nephew, which I get.
1: Yeah. No, the only other story I just Kevin thought was Kevin Falk was awesome.
0: scary when he was – that one picture where he's gearing up. Have you seen oh, that yeah, picture I where he's like
1: – He's on my top ten people I would never want to mess with. Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely <laughs> but, uh, fantastic. No, I just wanted to mention the Clyde toss pass touchdown to Torrey Carter. Because what I loved hearing about that story was, okay, they've been carrying it for a few weeks. But, like, apparently Clyde's completion percentage in practice was, like, 40% on that. Like, he was not very good at it. And so – and also, apparently, O had, like, banned tosses. Because to, to to set that play up, they had to run a toss first. Yes, they ran a toss to get to the left hash. Wow, which one set up the defense? But one they needed, they could only run it from the left hash apparently. Yeah. So they had to do that. And O had apparently banned tosses three weeks earlier because they were just getting stuffed on him time and time again. So he's like, no more. So and so basically, like I think Andre Sale said this. A few others like we see that first toss, and we're like oh, he's running it. <laughs> and St- <laughs> and Steve like set it up perfectly, and they run it, and like, oh, didn't know it was coming. So everybody just on the sideline
0: is just like, what the hell is happening? See, that's the full sell, though. So that's like, you know what that <laughs> reminds me of? That So I have lived here since I was 18 years old. I did not know that Louisiana had open container laws. I thought you were allowed to drink wherever you wanted in public. Um, apparently that's only game day. Uh, like I thought, you were allowed to just that. I could just walk around anywhere, see or you think the same thing. That is not allowed. You are not actually allowed to walk in New Orleans. You always, oh, are. oh okay. So okay. that was my problem. Wait,
1: I've walked around Baton Rouge, Joe all the time.
0: I know, but it's technically not allowed except on game day. So we're up in North Louisiana and Manny and. I got a giant, a comically large plastic solo cup, and I filled it with, like, tequila and soda water. And we're at the lake, and my buddy's driving around. We're getting some supplies to stock the fridge with. And I'm, like, chilling, man. I mean, I am obviously drinking, just hanging out. Nobody says anything to me. And then we finally get done shopping, my friend's like, dude, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, what are you talking about? And then they explain to me what I'm doing is actually illegal. And, like, I walked right by cops and everything. And I smell, but the thing is, I... I had that irrational confidence when you don't know you sell it because you don't know you're doing anything wrong. It's like when, if I would have known I was doing something wrong, I would have been nervous. I would have been sweating. I would have looked very sketchy. I like it, but, but, but I sold it because I had no idea. So not telling the head coach you're about to do this trick play is actually genius. That's a great, great because you're the entire sideline is accidentally selling it because they're not aware of what's actually going on. I love it. It's great. Uh, but uh, that... yeah, a little public service announcement for all you drinkers out there. Yeah, I sincerely never knew that. Wow. Yeah, because what's well, amazing is that Baton Rouge, New Orleans, but Baton Rouge
1: too. bars have given me cups to go before.
0: Um, look, man, I don't know. I'm Many just repeating times. what I've. I'm just repeating what I've been told. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Wait, then how does the daiquiri thing work? It's not open container. Uh, because I there see. is a piece of tape over the straw or the or tape on okay, the lid, whatever okay. whatever that is. Good clarification. Because Obi- I did know that open containers not allowed in cars. Like well, you're know not that. allowed yes, to just have 100%. open alcohol in cars. So you know, again, how does the daiquiri thing work? Tape. Because scotch tape. So if I take that tape off, I'm you chill out, bro. If you take that tape off, you better be home <laughs> and you better be <laughs> in front of the TV. All
1: right, um, that's some of my top stories I remember from. it. I'm forgetting a thousand because I talked like there's just so much stuff in this game, but. You want to talk this week real quick? Real as, quick?
0: as as we close out here, um, yeah, we can talk this week real quick because that's where I'm going with this. Uh, to, the, 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 a couple of people on our morning team were kind of wondering if maybe LSU is like too hype for this game, or too in their own head about this game, or, or saying too much stuff. I vehemently disagree. I think what you are witnessing is a champion prize fighter finally starting to lean into being a champion prize fighter a little bit. Like, okay. we so often want our teams to be in these fake, humble boxes. We want you to be the man, but we want you to speak like a meek man. We don't want you to get out there and give little subtle smiles about how you're going to whoop their ass or beat the shit out of them or how you're going to get revenge on them. And LSU is finally starting to talk a bit more openly about that. And, yes, I have no, I have no qualms about that. I'm happy about that. Be confident. You're the man. Go out there and act like it. They know it's the old Rorschach thing. You're not locked in here. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me, and I got you for four hours, motherfucker. And that's what's going on Saturday, and, and I'm and I'm here for it, dude. It's going to be an interesting game because, I mean, it's an A&M team that everybody thinks is
1: not very good because their record. But, I mean, they have – them or Auburn has the toughest schedule in college football.
0: No doubt. They have uh, the toughest schedule ever. They're the only team to face – the number one team in the nation and it's three different teams. So three different yeah, games against three losses. different number one teams in the nation. They lost to Clemson by fourteen,
1: which by the way, that's playing Clemson pretty close. Uh lost by eight to Auburn. That's a really good Auburn team. Lost by nineteen to Alabama, and lost by six to Georgia.
0: And so here's where it gets Those interesting are four though. of the top eleven teams. Because why I criticize no. them though is not their losses, it's some of their wins. Um like if we want to just go full so that's early season Clemson. Which we all agree is different than late season Clemson. Um, they barely beat a horrendous Arkansas team, and everybody always tells me, "Oh, but that Jerry World game is that Jerry World game is just different." I mean, yeah. different. Okay, whatever, dude. Arkansas is garbage, garbage, and they barely won that game. Um, I love Ole Miss scrappiness. I but love still, Ole Miss scrappiness, yeah. but still, a seven point win where you don't agree, that's that's not gonna. So it's not going to impress a lot of people, and and then I just I, the bottom line is I don't think Kellen Mond looks very good, regardless of wins and losses. I don't think Kellen has been particularly no good this year, um, and, and so no, and 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 you know who has looked good, LSU, the, the number one team in the country. So, SP- so I have no worries about this about this game. Saturday. I think LSU
1: wins, but I'm just saying like yeah, SP+ even despite me saying I think AMs actually better than people think. Uh they have this as a 14 point game. The yeah. spread is like 15 or 16 depending where you look. Yeah, I mean I think LSU would when, when you add all the factors in, I have a gut feeling LSU routes, but what I like is yeah, so what I like
0: is it. that the players uh I think 14 would not feel like enough for them for how they're kind of positioning this game. I think they want to It's one blow of the few times they've
1: openly been like yeah, we want to whoop whoop that ass.
0: Yeah, and and I tried to get Jacoby Stevens to answer a question about like b- punching a ticket to Atlanta and like what that's like and he's like I mean, I don't give it. He was just like I don't care, honestly. Like it was it was it was said a bit more sports talky, but the gist of it was I don't care. I just want A&M this weekend. And A&M's got to be careful because senior day, the emotion that comes about in a senior day, okay. when you're at home, you can get really hot dude i know that sounds a little um intangible but there is something about it man like that environment's going to be spectacular on saturday and those seniors that whole squad's going to be wanting to win for the guys that they've been flight fighting bleeding and, and you know crying with for the past few years and it could get and m on the other hand doesn't really have anything to play for yeah. uh and so it could get really ugly on saturday i, lost my I think uh, that sucks. To a team we hadn't
1: lost to in eight years on Thanksgiving. Oh, and then I crashed my car driving home. No Jesus shit. Christ, no bro. That's not, even a, that's not a made-up story. That is real. First is time, First time we had lost in, I think, eight years. Oh. Last game ever. Were they good? Oh, no. <laughs> well, no, we had a playoff game coming up, so we just like were mailing it in, and it was Thanksgiving. Oh, no. And, and then I cr- drove home and crashed straight into my buddy, like destroyed my two-month-old car. <sighs> Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, a rough since, day. Yeah, Thanksgiving is in two days, but Good at least memory. you got some turkey. Good memories. Oh, it was so funny. My dad wanted to kill me, but he's just like Brody's hard enough himself right now. Like, <laughs> it's okay, buddy. Hang in there. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, turkey.
0: I guess our senior day, uh, we beat the shit out of number three Arkansas, and it was a really special day, and it was I awesome. three that year. Good shit. I know. I know. So stupid. What a time. What a time. That Perfect was time to pre motorcycle crash. Um, all right. So, yeah, look, that, that's the thing, is that I don't think a offense is threatening enough to keep up with LSU's offense. Yeah, I like their defense, so, but yeah, I'm with That's you. the bottom line. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: whoever— Jimbo, though, never underestimate.
0: Who's number 52 on
1: their D-line? Is that the the long name?
0: That's the guy who he's Cole really Kublik tweeted yeah. a video of yeah. him— I can't
1: say his last name, but he's really good. —twerking on people, dude. He's, I mean, he he's was— He's 13 run stuffs this year. Jesus. Like, he's really good. He was
0: tossing guys. So their front seven's nice matchup to watch. Uh the yeah. O line versus them, but the O line's been great. And CD Charles, he's back. He's back. For the rest of the year. Yeah. The ringer, Colin Mariano Rivera. He's coming in from the bullpen. Fresh legs, baby. Yeah. Hasn't played in
1: yeah, three weeks.
0: All right. That is the Hold That Podcast Podcast here on one oh four five. Uh wait, it's not on one oh four five, actually. I lied. Uh, look, if you like the podcast, uh, rate and review it. That always helps to spread the word. Um, you can also just tell your friends about it. Um, if you love sports reading uh, and great sports writing, and if you hate advertisements, go to com and sign up for a subscription. Ironic that I'm giving an advertisement as I'm talking about hating advertisements. Yeah, it's And uh, as we run up to Thanksgiving here, remember, buy all of your specialty meets, at A-Bear Specialty Meats, specifically the Bocage location off of Jefferson and the location in Prairieville. Uh, if you buy anywhere else, you're actively hurting my daughter. So think about that. Think about it. You don't want to do that. Now, I'm going to go because I'm going to take my daughter to the movies for the first time ever.
1: Frozen 2? Frozen 2. I'm going to go to Elsie's.
0: I can't wait. You heard about this new five place? What? Fifth Building 5? Jordy was coming in like freaking out about it today, it's right by Jordy K approved? Street, underneath the overpass. It's supposed to be. I mean, you would have thought that this restaurant hung the moon the way that Jordy was talking about it today. Expression, anyway. Yeah, um, we. Whoa, whoa. come on, writer guy! Hung the moon? Oh, oh my god, this guy. Do you even read? I'm just actually curious. I don't, you don't even. Yeah, know. you never heard the saying like, "Oh yeah, the, you you they they think you hung the moon like like you're God like you like like you're okay. like okay like, like you're like, like, your like an incredible person." Yeah, but yeah. You would, so you I, would think I couldn't
1: even figure out what that meant. Okay. You would
0: think that this restaurant was like God, basically, with how Jordy was talking yeah. about.
1: I actually it. learned something. I'm not. I'm not trying to give you shit. Wow, know.
0: look at this guy. I mean, who's the real writer, folks? That's the question. Uh leave us a five star review and answer the question. You all have a great day. And uh we will see you next week on the Hold That Podcast podcast. Bye bye.